Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Food Heals Podcast, episode 148. Maybe they didn't even know. Like most people I say, do you have a food sensitivity? I would say 99% of people say, no, I I don't have, I'm not intolerant to anything. I can tell you that probably 99% of people are intolerant to most, like a lot of things. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to actually start using their $39.99 a month gym membership. If you experience any of these symptoms, Snapchat your trainer immediately. All right, welcome Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. Today's episode is all about fertility and answering some of your Q&As. You've written to us about fertility, so that's why we're having Sarah Clark on, and you've given us a lot of questions that we know you want some more resources and concrete answers. So we know you love Global Healing Center products and the baking soda tooth powder, and we've been asked about some of our favorite products and brand names a lot through your emails, your Facebook messages, all that good stuff. So we want to start out with some of our favorite resources for you. And then we're going to talk to fertility expert, Sarah Clark. 
So our first question today comes from Laura. Laura emailed us and says, I'm a huge fan and fellow wellnesspreneur. I like the word wellnesspreneur. I know, it's so creative. Have we said that before? I like it. I don't think so. Um, So she says, who are some of your favorite entrepreneurs that you follow, especially looking for podcasts and book recommendations? Thanks. My one of my favorite entrepreneur podcasts is a tried and true um, favorite of Tim Ferriss. I think does a really good job. Yeah. He's a bit more. I f- I feel like sometimes we err more on the side of being feminine. He's erring more on the side of being way masculine. Yeah, it's just one of him, and he's he's very much a dude. But that's okay. I really appreciate him and his perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I've loved his books. The, uh, the four hour work week the four hour body mm-hmm. and I love his per- his stories about how he got to his success his success yeah. he really took the bull by the horns and shook some systems up and didn't care what happened he really took some risks and I feel like being a successful entrepreneur encompasses all of that you really have to be ballsy and take major risks and and step out of your comfort zone and mm-hmm. I feel like his his old attitude his podcast his books all of his products kind of support that so that's one of my favorites I definitely agree and I just listened to speaking of Tim Ferriss a podcast by Tony Robbins who has his own podcast who's obviously a motivational speaker as well and he's huge and he's been on Tim Ferriss's podcast yeah and so on uh, the Tony Robbins podcast he had Tim Ferriss I'm sure they've both been on each other's but it was a really good episode, Susie, and it talks about both of their like personal stories of how they got started. It's they really both had – uh, well, well Tommy, Tony Robbins had a really hard, rough start mm-hmm. where he, that he overcame a lot of challenges, and, and Tim Ferriss had his own challenges as well. Yeah. When faced with you can't do that or you can't do what you think you want to do, they were both like, yes, I can. Yeah, yes, Watch I can. Watch me. Yeah. I mean, I think those are both great, and let's – okay, let's think of some females like – I can think of three who are like the trifecta of the three things I'm interested in. And they would be Marie Forleo for business, Chris Carr for health and wellness, and Gabrielle Bernstein for spirituality. I love all three of them. And they're all three like good friends. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, I love all of you. And how can I do exactly what you're doing in, in my own way? Mm-hmm. So I follow all of them. Uh, Gabby has a ton of books. Her most recent is The Universe Has Your Back. It's a phenomenal book. If you want to start from the beginning, if you feel like a spirituality beginner, start from the beginning with one of her books like Spirit Junkie. If you feel a little advanced, start with The Universe Has Your Back and you'll get some more kind of advanced spirituality business advice. Then there's Marie Forleo, who I don't think she has a podcast. If she does, I don't listen to it. I'm horrible. But she has her YouTube channel, which is Marie TV. And it is such good business advice, but it's also like, how to be a healthy, happy entrepreneur and crush it in your business. So I really, really gravitate towards her lessons and her teachings. And then there's Chris Carr, who is like us, who does health, wellness, a lot of stuff about what to eat. And she healed herself of cancer. And the way she did that was by changing her diet, changing her lifestyle and changing her attitude. And so all three of them have their own personal healing stories. And then they also teach hardcore business And I really, really respect them. For podcasting, I like Pat Flynn and John Lee Dumas, who are, again, both males. So we have a A lot lot of males in in podcasting. There are a lot of males in the business and entrepreneurship area, you know, but you can learn from everyone. And so I think it's important to know who do you resonate with. So Tim 
Ferris, who Susie said, I definitely resonated with as well. When he wrote the four hour work week was when I was like in the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey. And I remember I would take my dog, Charlotte, walking around the neighborhood and I would just listen to that book. And I was obsessed with it. And now it's a little dated, but the principles of passive income are still the same. So people like that who have just been around for a long time, I really, really respect. I also like Gary Vee. Do you like Gary Vee? I don't know Gary Vee. Oh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Okay. This guy is like me on crack. So when I talk about like my type anus and like my ability to get a lot of things done that it would seem like I was on like an upper or something, the amount of like or too much coffee I or something. I am convinced that you are, but that's just my personal opinion. <laughs> and I'm not. I don't know how you do it. It's I don't know what it is, but he's like the male version of that, but he only gets four hours of sleep. And you guys know that I sleep, okay? And I, I support that and I sleep as well. Oh, yeah. I get I my nine to ten I hours. I Four hours. Is, I yeah. mean, I could, but I think I'd eventually go psychotic. I would or go something. crazy. Yeah. So he's the one that literally gets four hours of sleep and is constantly on. But aside from that, that's something I can't relate to. But all his other advice, I absolutely adore and I can relate to. And I love his, he's just got this like New York attitude. And he's like, I'm going to buy the Jets. F you if you don't believe me. <laughs> and I appreciate that. Wow. Yeah. So I think that's a good one. So I hope that answers your question, Laura. Those are some of our favorites. One, one last one, but yeah. she doesn't have a podcast. But um, if anybody hasn't experienced Marianne Williamson. Oh, yes. Um, how Marianne, could we forget? How Marianne. could we forget? Well, she doesn't have a podcast as far as I know. But Marianne does talks in both Los Angeles and New York. She has many books. She does Facebook Live, She's very interactive on Facebook. She is very spiritual. She was the founder of... I want to say it's Angel Food. It was a nonprofit. That was her first uh, foray into the greater world uh, where she founded a nonprofit that would help feed people suffering from AIDS mm -hmm. very, very, 20 years ago at least. And she has written many books on spirituality. She is a big proponent of The Course in Miracles. Yes. And her first big book, A Return to Love, Return to Love. is her experience with the book A Course in Miracles. So, um, an, another spiritual kind of resource yes and, and i have heard her on podcasts so you could probably just google her on itunes and like listen to her and someday we'll get her on ours oh yes we will <laughs> <laughs> she and gabrielle bernstein are both huge proponents of a course in miracles so you asked about wellness entrepreneurs and so she's definitely like the spiritual entrepreneur and she ran for congress and she is just one of those people that is changing the world through the work that she and does she's doing a really great female workshop called sister giant yes about getting women into running for public office and supporting them she's just a wonderful person all around yeah i'm a huge fan and she comes to L.A. a lot, so we get to um, actually go and see her speak. But I think she does a lot of city tours. So look up she where does. she's going to be. She does. The next question was posted to our Facebook page, and it comes from Megan, who just simply says, broke my juicer. Anyone have a recommendation? Thanks. So I definitely have a recommendation. Susie, do you have any juicer recommendations? Well, I have not made the commitment to one of the more expensive juicers. Right. <laughs> but this is good. We'll have a cheap option and an expensive yeah, option. Yeah, <laughs> so I still have my Nutribullet, which is actually just a – it's not a juicer per se, but it's a uh, – Small blender. Actually, I broke my juicer and then never replaced it, and I got my Nutribullet, which is a very high-powered – blender mm -hmm. which you can you can grind grain and and blend up whole foods and fruits and just and you can make soups and it's it's wonderful and um 
I use it all the time. Mm-hmm. I make my smoothies smoothies in it. It's particularly great. It has a to-go cup. It has super large cups. I can make a really giant smoothie uh, with fruits and vegetables and almond milk and protein powder, and I'm good to go. So the difference is between like, and I love my Nutribullet as well, but the difference between a juicer and a blender or a Nutribullet is that the juicer strips the fiber. And so you're just getting the pure juice and then you're getting the fiber is kind of in a separate compartment. Mm -hmm. And then some people throw that away, but we would definitely recommend using it. You can give it to your dogs. You you can can bake it. it. Baking, exactly. So there's so much you can do with it. Um, But I think that's the difference between, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's more differences, but (laughs) the basic difference between a juicer and a blender. And so when I look at juicers and I've had multiple throughout my life now, just because I have been on this wellness train for a long time now. I look at Joe Cross, what he recommends, because he's kind of like the juicing god, self-proclaimed. But He's a guru. Yeah, he's the guru. He healed himself of chronic urticaria through months and months of juicing and then doing a raw food vegan diet. And now he maintains his lifestyle and lack of disease with a plant-based diet. So he's not juicing every day anymore necessarily, but he does juice on a regular basis. And he recommends the Breville. And there are definitely multiple iterations of the Breville. And you can look at his website, rebootwithjoe.com. And he actually has a collection of the juicers that he recommends and why. So I just think it's a trusted resource. And if I was going to buy a new juicer, I would go straight there. I also used to have the Jack LaLanne juicer. I did too. I loved. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, and it's pretty. So I had a giant, beautiful red one, which looks really good on camera if you're trying to film. (laughs) So if you're like, oh, I'm a blogger, I'm an Instagrammer, and you want something pretty, you can get the red Jack LaLanne. So those are kind of my favorites. Um, And if you're interested in smoothies, you can also go to blenderbabes.com because our girl, Tarashan, will teach you all about the most high-powered blenders and what to buy, and she tests every single one. So that's a great resource as well. So I hope that answers your question. We're going to move into our interview, but first I just have one more resource I came across and it's actually from our guest. So I don't know how much you do guided meditations. I love them. I love them too. The reason I love guided is because they're super specific and they're helping me and my type A self get to a goal that I want to accomplish in a really peaceful and loving way. So Today we're talking about fertility with Sarah, and I came across her guided fertility visualization meditation, and I love it, and I'm not even trying to have a baby right now, but I love her style, and I wanted to listen to it so I knew if I could recommend it to Food Heals Nation um, because I'm a huge, huge proponent of guided meditations that talk about exactly what you are trying to work on or let go of or manifest at that time. So when I'm in anger, I listen to letting go of anger, guided meditation. When I'm trying to manifest money or something or a new client, I listen to a guided meditation about manifesting abundance, money, clients. You know, you can be super specific with these things. And so I really appreciate it. It's really beautiful. And we're going to talk to Sarah. So I'm really excited. And it's really helpful, I think, too, if you're tr- if you are trying trying to have a baby to relax around it because yes it should be a loving relaxing (laughs) joyful experience and for many people that are stressed about it it doesn't help yeah so it's really letting go of the stress that will aid your body it's so true Susie because 
we get so crazy about the things that we want, Mm -hmm. whether it's a baby, whether it's a new job, whether it's a new partner, whether it's something really simple. We turn into Veruca Salt, I want it now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so I think this is just a gentle way to try to manifest what you want and try to just lovingly be at peace with the unattachment to the outcome, right? Yeah. And that's so, it's sometimes easier said than done. Oh, but, it is. But either way, and I keep hearing this and I struggle with it all the time. It's like, enjoy the journey, enjoy the journey. It's like, but I want this to happen. No, enjoy <laughs> the journey. You, you do. You do. You have to enjoy the journey. So guided meditations are always great. In the words of Aerosmith, life's a journey, not a destination. Right. Those are your knowledge bombs from Food Heals Nation tonight. (laughs) You're welcome. All right. I have something to tell you guys because Roxy's here too. So someone uploaded our coupon code Food Heals on to a coupon site for the Global Healing Center. And so we had to change it. Ah. So... Everyone that is using our discount code at the Global Healing Center, which is the ultimate place to get your supplements and your face creams and everything else good like that, Food Heals doesn't work anymore. So you have to use Food Heals 17. Okay. So tell your friends. Food Heals 17. But don't tell the coupon sites. Don't tell the coupon sites. Because this is exclusive for Food Heals Nation listeners. So we don't want this to get out there because then we get in trouble. But use it for yourself. Just don't tell it. Just don't tell it. So go to globalhealingcenter.com to get your supplements, get your vitamins, get your face cream. And your foot pads. And your detoxing foot pads. I put them on Mike the other night. They were great. Oh, there's he a needs lot many, many that more. out on that. <laughs> okay, here's what you do. If you want a real cleanse, just an overnight cleanse, you take four Oxy powder and you do a detox foot Four? Mm-hmm. I took two and it worked. Okay. No, I'm not taking four. Okay. Although if I'm mad at him, I'll give him four. (laughs) (laughs) You'll see what we're talking about, Food Heals Those are very effective. They are very effective. Yeah. Yes. And they don't make you feel bloated or sick or crampy. Nope. You wake up and boom, it's done. Yep. So if you want to know what we're talking about, go to globalhealingcenter.com. Use the coupon code FOODHEALS17 to get your OxyPowder, Detox Fopads, whatever else you want. FOODHEALS17. Yep. Okay. Let's go ahead and talk about Sarah Clark. So when Sarah was just 28 years old, she was told she had premature ovarian failure. Which who knew was even a thing. I know. And I can't even imagine 28. It's too young. Yeah. She accepted the diagnosis and had both of her children through in vitro fertilization. Years later, she discovered the root cause of her infertility was actually a food intolerance. Sarah is now a certified life coach with accreditation from the International Coaches Federation and a health coach with training from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. Her fertility coaching supports couples to make diet and lifestyle changes that dramatically improve their chances of a healthy pregnancy and baby. I love her story. We're happy to share it with you. Next up, our interview with Sarah Clark. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. Today, we're here with the fabulous fertility specialist, Sarah Clark. Sarah has written three fabulous ebooks, Fabulously Fertile, Supercharge Your Fertility Naturally, Fabulously Fertile Cookbook, and the Fertility Preparation Program. That is a lot of fabulosity and fertility. <laughs> Welcome, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, kind of for me, um, I was joked in my 
early 20s that I was having uh, menopausal hot flashes. It turns out that I was. So I was in HR at the time. I was kind of fanning myself there thinking I was having hot flashes. And at the time I had, my period was very irregular. So it came, you know, two to three times a year. And I, at that point, I thought that was a good thing. So I didn't have to worry about the monthly hassle. Wow. Yeah, how nice. <laughs> I, I can't yeah. say I would mind. <laughs> so all through my teenage years, I had really great skin. Then all of a sudden in my early 20s, I started getting acne, then I had yeast infections, then I had this really weird fungal rash on my chest, and then I had dandruff. I never knew at the time those things were linked to my fertility. And then everyone around me um, started having kids. I got married at 25 and then kind of had my plan that I wanted to have kids at 28. So at 28, went into the um, to my OBGYN and kind of thought, you know, the fact these periods are only coming two to three times a year, maybe there's an issue. So I went in there. Then I was told that I had premature ovarian failure, which is the loss of function of ovaries before the age of 40. Oh, my God. Yeah. So she... She handed me the um, IVF packet uh, when I was in her office, and and I literally took the packet and left, and I was in shock. I had really no idea kind of what had just happened. Sort of, she said, "Your only hope for conceiving is to use donor eggs, and that you'll never have your own children." Wow. So I I left the doctor's office, and because I'm kind of a woman of action, I went straight to the fertility clinic. Mm-hmm. So my husband and I chatted, and we thought, "Okay, let's." get this going. So we went there and put our names on a list for a donor egg. And at the time in Canada, they were doing, so anyone that was going through fertility treatment, if they wanted to donate half their eggs, the recipient then would pay for them to go through their cycle. So we paid for someone else to go through their cycle and she donated half her eggs to us. I guess backing that up a little bit, first of all, we had to figure out that there was going to be a match. So back in 2001, we were, we were waiting for the information in the mailbox. So it would literally, we'd be stalking the mail, the mail person. And <laughs> we got the um, genetic history back to the maternal and the paternal grandparents. That's like worse than waiting for a college exception or rejection letters. Yeah. It's way worse. Okay. Yeah. Very intense. Yeah. Please go on. Yeah. So getting this packet and then we, we looked at it and I'm a, super tall. So I'm six foot tall. And my husband's five eight. So we always kind of joked about that having a taller girl. But uh, mm-hmm. so I wanted to have height was a thing to me. So I wanted to have a donor that was tall. And obviously, you want to have them sort of have some of your, your characteristics. So we, we happened to find a good match. And this donor was five nine. So still tall. This woman she was going through, she had male factor infertility. And so she donated half her eggs to us. And then we went through the first cycle of that, and we were lucky enough to conceive our daughter, Ava, on the first fresh transfer. Well, congratulations. uh, Yeah, yeah, thanks. And so, yeah, so she's 15 now. And then um, because I wanted to have my kids close together, uh, after a year, we decided to try again. And we had two embryos. And I was like kind of a woman on a mission, wanted my kids close together. My husband's saying, okay, you seem a little stressed here. Like, hang on. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. So I went back in, did the frozen transfer, and that didn't work. Mm-hmm. So then we were like, oh, crap. Now we got to go on another list. So went on another list for another donor. Uh, again, I had to go through the match and everything. So found another donor that, that we were happy with, came in the mailbox. And how long is all of this taking, just to give me some concept? Yeah, so we were then lucky enough to have our son, the same kind of process again. So they're three years apart. So like for each, wow. so you'd get the profile and you, it's usually you wait a year or so to find a match and then they have to go through the cycles and get everything linked up. And so, yeah, we were lucky enough 
on, again, the first fresh frozen transfer for it to work. And um, my son is 12. Yeah, we were, we're one of the fortunate ones. I always kind of thought to myself that we had it easier than some people that, you know, that I see. I've gone through years of infertility and like heartbreak and miscarriage and loss and like just, you know, horrendous emotional turmoil. And we just kind of went, okay, it's a donor egg. I didn't even look at any other options, went straight off there. And we were happened to be one of the lucky ones that it worked. And I guess kind of like fast forward 10 years, my health began to suffer and I had chronic sinusitis, chronic bladder infections, chronic yeast infections. The acne got worse. I had toenail infections, constant colds. I remember like one year I had like nine colds and everyone turned into a sinus infection and I mm. marched off to the doctors and got antibiotics for every sinus infection because I had no clue that that was not a good thing. Right. I had headaches and vertigo, like all, you know, all that stuff. So I was still functioning. You wouldn't have known that I was I was a hot mess, but you know, um, <laughs> yeah. And, and at the time, I was I was in HR, and then I I took a life coaching course to bring uh, coaching into the workplace. And then um, when I went to the life coaching course, and I kind of had my own you know personal development, kind of um, figured out what I wanted to do with my life, I guess. And then I took a health coaching course, and then during the health coaching course, that's when I discovered that I had these that I had food intolerances. Mm-hmm. Or food sensitivities. So I took certain foods out of my diet. Then the bladder, the sinus, the yeast all began to go away. You know, and I didn't discover this until years later. So I don't know for sure if I wouldn't have been able to get pregnant. But like after all the research I've done and with this, looking at it from functional medicine point of view, kind of understanding the the root cause of what's going on with our health, I do believe I would have been able to. But I'd gone into menopause at that stage and it was too late. So so my yeah, I'm kind of mission to let couples know there's lots of things they can do with their diet, their lifestyle, and using uh, uh, nutritional therapies to help them uh, improve their fertility. How did you feel when you discovered later that you could change your body through food that, and then therefore change your fertility? How did you feel knowing that later after you'd gone through the IVF and that kind of energy and heartbreak and disappointment? And how did that, how was that for you to finally learn that? Like when I found out, I was kind of like, I couldn't believe no one else knew right. that this food, what we put on our fork every day could have such powerful impact on our health. I still can't believe people don't understand it now in 2017. Obviously, I was one of the lucky ones and I was able to have, have my kids. Obviously, there's no regrets. I, I have two beautiful children. So right. it's just more of, I didn't listen to my body. So it's like my body was like, it'll whisper, 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 right? And then it starts to scream out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've experienced the same thing. Yeah, and I, I didn't listen, and now I guess to the point where you can like any little teeny little thing, you you know exactly what's going on because you did this, you overdid that, blah blah blah. Right? It's just interesting that I was so disconnected. Like I was in the corporate Canada here, and I had no, my intuition was just beaten out of me, and I, it, I was so disconnected from everything. So, well, I do think that it's completely a miracle that Western medicine has come up with something like in vitro fertilization so that you are able to have children when you're in your 20s and told you're infertile, which is absolutely ridiculous. But it doesn't address the original root cause of why you had the premature ovarian failure in the first place, right? And so by discovering those food allergies, you now know what could have been, but what were the foods that you had to get rid of? And when you teach people, are they always the same foods? Does it totally depend on the person? Tell us a little bit more about that. 
it does totally depend on the person. So for me, and this can be scary when I tell people because they're like, what am I going to eat? You know, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm a vegan. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so I don't eat uh, gluten, dairy, or corn mm-hmm. because when I have those, it just, it, and I don't do processed sugar either. I do um, maple syrup or honey. Mm-hmm. Which being in Canada, you guys have the best maple syrup ever. We do. Yeah. And I, I brought a bottle home. back. My husband's from Vancouver. And from Christmas, I brought a bottle back and I went to a weekend away with girlfriends and I brought it with me to share. And I left it at the house and I was so disappointed because no. that stuff is so good. I love oh, maple yes. syrup. I know. Especially pure, like real pure yeah. maple. God, that was so good. So, okay. So I interrupted you again. So you you use maple syrup for your yeah, sweetener. So exactly. And honey and just having fresh fruit, right? Because it actually, when you, and I was a major like dessert person for years and things I grew up in a household so mostly vegetarian and then my parents when I was like early 20s they became vegans they've been vegans for like 30 years back my mom used to bring this you know the little string bag to the grocery store I was mortified and you know she was into all this stuff when when it wasn't cool yeah now they're in their 70s and they're still going strong where all the rest of their people are kind of crumbling yeah and now they're the trendy ones (laughs) yeah exactly but anyway so I grew up and like ate really healthy and then when I left the house I started eating the standard western diet and the standard western diet for me didn't work so like I had those uh intolerances to gluten dairy and corn and so for people kind of that are coming to me they can look at this two ways. They can either, you know, the top inflammatory foods are dairy and gluten. So mm-hmm. you can take them out of your diet for 30 to 60 days. Or if you're the kind of person that, you know, I just want to see this on the paper, see exactly what it is I'm tolerant and I, I'm sensitive to because each person is different. We can sit here and surmise, but like uh, looking at this through functional testing, you can do um, food sensitivity testing and yep. then figure out exactly, you know, what it is you're intolerant to. And there's a number of food sensitive uh, tests that, that we do. I work with a functional nutritionist so we can, there's different tests. There's a, there's a LEAP MRT test. So it looks for 150 foods yep. and food chemicals. And then there's the IgG test, which you guys probably all know about, but. No, I don't know. What is that? A lot of times with food sensitivity. So we think of a food sensitivity, we think of um, a food allergy where it's like the hives or the, or the anaphylactic, like the breathing issues. So that's like an instant reaction. And my son actually has this. So he has, he's anaphylactic to kiwi. Mm, so oh. he has kiwi, he has a hard time breathing. So he carries an EpiPen and that's the IgE. Mm-hmm. Then there's the IgG where basically the bread you had on Friday, well, that's why on Monday you have digestive issues or it affected your mood or it went to your skin. So you never really connect the fact that you have a problem with the bread because it's a three to four day delayed reaction. Yep. So that's where for people to take it out of their diet for the 30 to 60 days, then you can gradually rechallenge it or you take the food sensitivity test. It's in black and white. You see it on the paper. You're like, oh, okay. It says for my body, I can't have this, this and this. And then you know for sure. We find for fertility, there's a time factor. Usually a lot of people are coming to me in their, in their later 30s, 40s, and they want, like, you need to kind of boogie on this sort of stuff. So it's, you see it, you know what it is, you take those inflammatory foods out, and then you can just fast track things. So I know exactly what you're talking about because I just went to a functional medicine doctor a couple months ago, got everything tested and I got my results back and she told me exactly what you're saying and that there is a difference between food allergies and food sensitivities and then certain foods that I may not be allergic to, but I can't have every day. One example was coffee. 
She said, you can have it every three to four days, but your body cannot process it every day. So that was interesting. And I actually have no food allergies. I'm super lucky, but I have a ton of food sensitivities. Hmm. Some of them are the regular old players like gluten and dairy. And then some of them are completely random like avocado. And I'm like, no. I know. Yeah, it's more so as you begin to heal your your gut, just because you're intolerant to it or sensitive to it now doesn't mean in the next three to six months when you rechallenge it and you begin healing it with, you know, living foods like probiotics and looking at your stress and things like that, then you can rechallenge it in three to six months and say, okay, maybe now I can try it again. I guess a lot of times when we go gluten free, we end up eating gluten free junk. So it's yep. Yeah. And then also people, they'll go gluten light, which gluten light just doesn't work. So if there's any kind of, if there's inflammation and you're still bringing it in, you're still causing damage to your, to your body. And it takes anywhere from a week to three months to kind of repair it. So I'll say like embrace the suck, that military term, right? Just go hard, take it out for those 30 to 60 days and don't cheat. Like it's not about cheating. Then you'll be able to see how your body feels. And I have a question for you. When you first started finding out about all your food allergies and these these things from the functional medicine perspective, did you feel a sense of empowerment, a sense of overwhelm? What what did you feel moving forward? So in the very beginning, when I found out what I was intolerant to, I remember like, and I I went to a natural pass. So I remember leaving the office, and she gave me all the things I couldn't have, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? What what am I going to have? And I have a major sweet tooth. Yeah, me so too. So <laughs> like taking out the processed sugar, like day three, I was like literally downing a bottle of maple syrup. Like it, just, it was, <laughs> it was like out of hand. I so still I was, do that. <laughs> I know. So it was, it was, it was tough. And like every, you know, recipe book, I would go right to the back and look at all the desserts. Okay. What can I have that's gluten-free, dairy-free, corn-free that's, that I can have as a dessert. So I was completely overwhelmed. And that's why I developed that the uh, fertility preparation program. So it's like chef prepared recipes. It's actually a 10 day challenge where you just take it out for 10 days and then you rechallenge them. You can change it into a 30 to 60, 90 day challenge. Just because on the internet trying to figure all this out when you're taking out. So the top allergens actually are if people want to do, do a top allergen uh, elimination diet is basically dairy, gluten, corn, soy, peanuts, and eggs. What about sugar and alcohol? And yeah, and processed sugar. I I sort of put that at the end because people hear that one and freak out. Yeah, they <laughs> <Yeah>. do. <laughs> like, what? Sugar too? Yeah. And so sugar and alcohol. And if you're trying to have a baby, probably having alcohol is probably not the best idea to minimize that. And if you are having it, cut it with, you can cut it with some Perrier or, you know, San Pellegrino or something. So to cut the wine, if you're at a party or something like that, but um, a spritzer. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> <a little> spritzer. <laughs> yeah. So in the beginning I was, I was overwhelmed. And then I just wanted to like get on my soapbox and like yell it from the rooftops, people. Yeah. And I kept, you can do so much. Like you can heal yourself, but but then you got to rail that back in because people just don't want to hear it. And yep. when they see me ordering, they're like, "Ooh, what are you ordering?" And it's sort of, um, I got a restaurant and stuff. People, there's you know, there's a lot of opinions on this, and it's a cultural thing too, right? How yeah. we we eat together, and it just gets people's backs up a little bit. So I've, if they're, they're interested, I do. Otherwise, I I don't. I'm the exact same way. And I remember when I discovered this years ago as well in my own journey, and I was like telling everyone, you guys, don't eat dairy and you won't have acne. Don't eat meat and you might not get cancer. Like I was going nuts. And you know what? 
people didn't want to hear anything I had to say. So eventually, that's why I started the podcast, because I was like, I'm going to talk to the people that want to listen to the healing stories. (laughs) I'm going to shut up in regular life unless, just like you said, they ask me. And that's what I do. All right. I'm going to throw a wrench in the works, but Allie encourages this sometimes. So... um, (laughs) So Sarah, I just have to report that I just took your quiz on your website because I just went to mm-hmm. check it out. I'm like, I'll do the quiz. And I was doing it as we were talking. It's super fast and easy. I want to take it. Do it. And <laughs> and I can report, even though I just turned 40, it said my fertility level is high. Yay! Because so, I haven't had my babies yet. However, when I finally met my husband, I was 36. He's two years older than I am. And we both wanted kids, but we were kind of like, well, we'll... We'll see what happens, right? Because I remember in my mid to late 20s where my gynecologist would be like, do you want children? And as I was single and I was like, yeah, someday. And they're like, well, you might want to think about freezing your eggs. And I was like, wow, the, the pressure is, is there early. Um, and I get it. As you get older, you get less fertile. But the pressure and the fear was kind of instilled at that age. And so I remember when I met my husband, I was talking to a friend of mine who had her babies later. She had them at 40 and 42. And same thing, the doctors told her very scary facts and things that could happen or go wrong. And she had found a book called The Fertility Diet. Have you heard of this book, Sarah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so The Fertility Diet, I haven't read the full thing, but I've kind of skimmed it. And and it talked about very specific things you can do to do your diet. To inc- It was talked about a study, rather, that they did, I yeah. think, in the Northeast. Um, they did a, a control group, and, and they had certain changes to your diet. A lot of them were the, the things we would expect, exercise, limit caffeine and alcohol. The two things that I remember that were unique to me uh, that stuck out was one, don't let your blood sugar spike or plummet, like eat consistent small meals. The other one was eat full fat dairy. Yeah. So I don't know. I know Allie is probably going <laughs> to hate me for saying it, but there's that. There's this, this book that had a study and it did say limit meats. Not at all. Um, I think that there's... Get, get lots of veggies and protein, I iron think, from veggies. I think the reason that we do this is because there is so much information out there and people have to discover what works for them. Yeah. What works for me is 100% no dairy. If it works for someone else yeah. and it gets them pregnant or whatever it may be, I would never judge that. Yeah. Yeah, the fertility diet, yeah, it's based on the, the Harvard study of 18,000 nurses over the course of eight years. And then they, they found all these top strategies that will help you get pregnant. And one of them in there, which was controversial for me, is the full-fat dairy. So they were saying stay away from skim milk because that had um, I guess the prolactin levels on there. And the skim milk, that was causing issues with ovulation. So they said they recommended full-fat dairy. My thing is that because dairy is a top allergen, take the dairy out for the 30 to 60 days. See if you are intolerant when you bring it back in or get a food sensitivity test to figure out if dairy's not working for you. And also to keep in mind, like if you have endometriosis, fibroids, PCOS, any of the, the estrogen dominant diseases and in infertility, you don't want to have dairy because that's obviously with the pregnant cows and the estrogen and the antibiotics and the hormones, all that stuff in the dairy. You don't want that. So if after going through all that, you find out you're not intolerant to it, you could then choose a like an organic dairy. To me, if someone's going through infertility, I would say immediately you've got to go hardcore and take out gluten and dairy. And then with the protein and the study, they found like 41% of people who had a higher intake of protein, I think 41% of people then had issues with ovulation. So, um, so if they're getting too much protein? 
Yeah, because that's our, you know, standard Western diet. People get too much protein, right? People are freaking out. Oh, I'm not getting a protein. No, you're getting, I think it's like you need to have 0.8 grams per kilogram of protein per kilogram of your body weight. And so most people are getting way, way more than that. And it's not an issue of, of the protein. So and can we talk about corn? Because you said that was one of your top allergens. And I feel like it's something we haven't covered a lot. And I remember a documentary I saw years ago that everyone should go watch. It's called King Corn. And it was very informative on the environmental impact of the corn that is being produced across the U.S. and how it's subsidized and it drives the fast food industry and everything in fast food is purely corn and corn syrup and how it's genetically modified and it's got herbicides and it's just not something that we necessarily want to be putting in our bodies every day. Can you talk a little bit about corn and and how if that's an allergen for you, like that might be something that we all need to be looking at as well. Yeah, because a lot of people, they may know about the dairy gluten, but they don't know about the corn. And a lot of the gluten-free products, if you look at it, it's corn in there. Like corn is everywhere. I found corn in orange juice. Like what's it doing in orange juice? Yeah, you guys watch (laughs) this movie. It's older. It's let me find out um, what date it came out, but it's called King Corn. I'm like sure. corn syrup or straight up corn in orange juice. Just it was like uh, like corn derivative, like corn corn starch. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, corn starch everywhere to thicken everything, right? Heavily, yeah, GMO. So spray with you know glyphosate, which glyphosate is a herbicide, so a weed killer, then linked to infertility as well as all sorts of other diseases, cancer, yeah. and yeah, and it's cheap. I don't know. I literally, the other day I was looking at something. I thought, oh, I, I was excited because I found some, I was looking at little Easter bunnies and they and they were, I was looking for a dairy, gluten-free one. I'm like, oh, this is good. And then corn is all through, like all through the whole line of these things. I'm like, hey, can't have it. Yeah. So I think it's just to be aware of that because people, I don't think, realize that that can be a trigger because I've had people take it out and they bring it back in. Oh, I have problems breathing when I have the, when I brought back in corn, I brought in like a little, like an organic corn chip. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it flared up my asthma or it made me congested or, you know, we don't know what it does to each person and it'll do something different to like, so there's different things that all these foods will do. And it's sort of, there's, it'll either affect your moods. So people that have, um, so depression, anxiety, um, ADHD, even bipolar, you know, it could be a food sensitivity underneath that, or, you know, your, uh, leaky gut or inflammation in the, in the gut. It could be digestive issues. So IBS, Crohn's, colitis, mm-hmm. it could go to joint issues. So arthritis and uh, joint pain, it could go to skin issues. So acne and psoriasis, eczema, dermatitis, and then also go to autoimmune issues. So Hashimoto's and Graves, so for the thyroid, MS, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis. So all these issues, like most people that are struggling with infertility, when they come to me, like they're not, it's not just infertility. There's always something else on their symptom checklist. And I have a a checklist of like 30 things and most people will click off quite a few of them. And that's kind of an indicator. Okay. Well, what's the underlying cause of that? Like, why are you struggling to have a baby? Well, there's inflammation in your body and the body is, it doesn't, it wants to survive. It's not going to be able to conceive. Yeah. Corn is so interesting too because it's like it's multifactorial, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like I haven't I have to watch that documentary, but it's political. Yeah. It's why are why is our country yeah. producing all this corn when we don't need it, we don't want it? So then they process it into high fructose corn syrup or corn starch or other things, and then put it into stuff as filler items that we don't need. And people have no idea. I think there's a general trust of the population in the government 
that they wouldn't do that to us. Like, why would they do that? Why would they do that to us? That's you know, so funny. And it's it's to be honest, that it's freak. Think that. Yeah. Well, and it's exhausting to have to once you go down this rabbit hole and realize what's really going on and how vigilant you have to be about what you do put in your body. It's it's really it can get kind of exhausting because there's so many things. I mean, freaking corn. Well, that's why I asked you, um, Sarah, if you felt overwhelmed or empowered. Because for me, when I started discovering all this stuff about food, at first, I felt incredibly empowered. In fact, for years, I felt empowered. I never felt like, oh, there's so much I have to give up. I always felt like I can't wait to give this up and see what happens. And I loved discovering new foods, new vegetables, new flavors, new seasonings, things that I had never tried before. So it was really exciting. And and this, so now I'm like, you know, at this place where I have given up a lot of foods, but I still eat really well. And then I went to the functional medicine doctor and found out all of these other things like we're talking about, <laughs> like that I need to stay yep. away from the gluten, obviously sugar, the uh, corn, the uh, what else was there? Coffee. And then I'm just like, that's when I started feeling overwhelmed, like, well, damn it, what can I eat? So Talk to us a little bit about how you guide clients through that process of like accepting what you got to do to live. Because I know for me, I'm always going to do my best because my parents had cancer and my goal is never to get cancer in my lifetime. So I'm on the biggest anti-cancer diet I can be. But at the same time, I want to live my life. I want to drink my wine. I want to eat my cake. You know, so how do we how do we balance and what advice do you give to your clients? Yeah, so I guess it's, so people are coming to me and they're trying to have a baby, right? So it takes 90 days for the egg to renew itself. To me, I say just take three months and really focus on your diet and your lifestyle. I guess it's depending on where they are, right? If they're over eating the standard Western diet, and I'm going to say you got to go like completely hardcore, that could then just cause way too much stress. So like we've developed mindfulness programs, I have fertility yoga, I'm a life coach. So there's like, there's all sorts of other things to help with the stress side of things. So there's that side of it. It's just basically each person is different, right? And so if they're ready to go hardcore, embrace the suck and take the food out and do it, then we meet them where they are. I guess a lot of this is a layering process. Maybe they didn't even know. Like most people I say, do you have a food sensitivity? I would say 99% of people say, no, I, I don't have, I'm not intolerant to anything. Well, I can tell you that probably 99% of people are intolerant to most, like a lot of things. <laughs> Just by like looking at their health history and going, oh, okay, well, you had ear infections as a baby. Okay, well, maybe that's dairy. Or there's clues, you know, on, on our health history that as to each person as to why that, you know, maybe there's there's an issue with some of the, some of the diet. So I guess it's an individual thing. Some people are ready. Other people, if I say going hardcore, is just it's too much for them. Quick side note: I just want to tell everyone if you want to watch that documentary we were talking about earlier, I did find it. It's called King Corn. You can watch it on Amazon, Netflix, or iTunes. So, um, so Sarah, tell us about the quiz that Susie just took. What's on your website? What are the questions? Oh, what's on it now? Um, I can tell you because I just answered. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> it said, you know, things like what age group do you fall into? You know, how often are you getting fats and proteins in each meal? How much sleep do you get per night? How often are you having sexy time? Things like that. So does having sexy time boost your fertility? Well, you know, I think that's a, the whole... Like, I'm, I'm nodding to Allie. Like, like, I mean, okay, yeah. obviously it boosts the chances. The chances. But does it yeah. boost the actual health of your body? I... If I had to answer this, and Sarah, you correct me, you tell me yeah. what you think, but if I had to answer, I mean, you're getting the hormones flowing, you're getting yourself happy, it also helps reduce stress, I would say, yeah, yeah it probably does. 
Yeah. And it's really when couples are doing this, they're looking at their certain, you know, their fertile window. And sometimes that can be stressful for them too. Right. So they're like, just, it just becomes very mechanical. Mm -hmm. So then to get the romance back into things and to like during my coaching program, I don't know if you heard of uh, love languages. So it's like to see what your partner's love language is. And especially in fertility, it's, it's very, can be very isolating and scary for people. And each person will handle it differently. Most people that come to me are are women to tend to be more proactive on this. And men, men and women will handle infertility differently. So mm-hmm. I, I guess it's to get the connection. A lot of couples, when I will coach them to kind of get the connection back again and kind of talk about when you first met each other and when you're, you know, what you love about each other. So the, these sort of things, because it's just been so stressful like, and they've had years of trying to do that. So, and then with the sleep side of things, like you want to get seven to nine hours of sleep. And a lot of people, the sleep can be an issue, actually. A lot of people don't. We're told we have to work so hard. And obviously, even people who already are mothers don't get that amount of sleep. And people who are working women don't get necessarily that amount of sleep. I can absolutely see that affecting their health in so many ways. Yeah, and to me, that's a, a huge one for health and fertility. I like, okay, wait a minute, what's your sleep at? Okay, so how do we, and sometimes it's, oh, they're working 50 plus hours a week, and then they get home, and they think you know, they're going to bed too late, and, and it just like this snowball. So it's like backing the whole thing up saying, okay, well, how do you get home from work earlier? So then you can have some time to relax, and then you can get into bed earlier, and then you can get the seven, like I've coached people, and that's been like the main topic for three months. We talk about sleep, and at the end of it, they're actually getting between seven to nine hours, which that helps everything. Yeah. Like that's like the cornerstone of good health. That is one thing I could never push myself through. Like I've always, my body has always needed more Me too. sleep than the average person. This oh, is something yeah. Ali and I share. This is why we're self, yeah. one of the reasons we're self-employed. Yeah. <laughs> because. Can't get up early for yeah, a Yeah, cannot. <laughs> I could not get up oh, early. No. I had one class before 10 a.m. in college once. Yeah. And it was because it was the only time I could <laughs> take it. I have a question for Sarah. Can we talk sure. about BPA? Sure, yeah. Um, BPA stands for, I'm reading this from the Mayo Clinic, BPA stands for bisphenol A. Yeah. And bisphenol A uh, is an endocrine blocker. It affects our endocrine system, which of which our hormones and our fertility are a part of. And BPA um, is in a lot of stuff. It's in a lot of plastics and plastic coatings in cans, water bottles, uh, things of this sort. Starbucks coffee cups, as we learned on another podcast. That's right. Sarah. What can you tell us about BPA? What you think of it? Yeah, I talk about this in my book. And basically for people that are trying to get pregnant, and especially men, actually, it really affects male infertility to switch. If you're obviously to drink your eight glasses of water, um, but to make sure that you are not using a plastic bottle when you drink it. So go to a stainless steel you know, water bottle or a glass water bottle because all those plastics can leach in and, and affect your, your, your endocrine system. So yeah, I definitely recommend to people to switch away from plastics. And first of all, if you're microwaving, I would say try not to microwave. Get back to using pots on your stove. And if you are microwaving, do not make sure you change all your plastic containers to glass and never put a plastic container in the microwave with your food because it all leaches into the food and then changes the chemical composition of the food. Yes, I never microwave. Thank you for saying yeah. that. Yeah, like mine, mine died like three or four years ago. I'm like, Goodbye. <laughs> I know. Goodbye. People laugh at me and I'm like, no, I will not use a microwave. And if I go to your house and you microwave me some tea or some food, I will not. No. <laughs> I remember when I was in massage school, we were talking about microwaves and our teacher told us that there was one case where, I don't know if it was a rural hospital or the hospital was out of a particular type of blood. A patient came in, they needed a transfusion. 
they had it, but it was frozen. And they microwaved no. it. No. And the patient died because oh it changed God. the proteins in the blood. Oh, my God. That was a terrifying story. Yeah. So, That's a horror movie. Yeah. Because it essentially changed it into something the body did not recognize as blood because oh it microwave, the way a microwave works is it heats from the inside out, which as Ellen DeGeneres said, anything that heats without fire is from the devil. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it heats from the did she really say that? She did. That's hilarious. That was in her stand-up special. Oh, my um, God. I remember I that I can line. hear her saying yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Anything that gets food that hot is from the devil. And then she said, you don't believe me? Have you ever had a hot pocket? That's hell. So <laughs> just, I love her. She's funny. That's um, funny. Those were always like cold and hot in different places and were yeah. never cooked all the way through. I never had one. I never had one. Oh, God. But, um, I, I live in a vegan household, so no. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm the same way. I don't, I don't use the microwave. I have one in my house. Don't mine, use it. Yeah, mine came with the house. What about um, pots and pans that have like the non-slip or the sorry, non-stick, non-stick mm-hmm. surface? I've heard things, bad things about those. Yeah, you don't want to have those either. Like a lot of that stuff then leaches into the food, into your body. So like to me, you don't, you don't want to go like so if I had to say to someone, okay, you, I want you to take out all the cleaning chemicals out of your, your house, like all your cosmetics, all these things. I want you to go gluten dairy free. So, you know, I want you to, it, it could be hardcore. It is really important to look at your personal care products. Try to switch those over, not throw everything out, but gradually change those over. I would look at your water. Like you should have be having purified water. If you can get the Berkey, I love the Berkey, that is best. But if you can't afford the Berkey, then you can get a Brita and just have filtered water that at least is taking out, you know, the fluoride, the uh, chlorine, the all the all the different chemicals in there, which then are proven to impact your fertility. So. Like for fertility, it's looking at, you talked about this before, about blood sugar. So balancing your blood sugar. I totally agree with you on all those things. I have to talk about the water because I did a test myself. So I got two testing kits. One was a pool testing kit that tests for pH. And one was a heavy metal testing kit um, that tested for like heavy metals, toxins, things in the water. So I tested a Brita the tap water, and Santiva, which is like a Brita, but just has a different way of getting the chemicals out. So in terms of alkalinity, the Brita water was lower in the alkaline scale than the tap water. It was was super acidic. acidic. So I say get rid of the Brita. The best one I found, which I think is the same price, like 40 bucks or something, is the Santiva. And I have no connection to them. You know, I don't sell them or anything. I tested it myself and they had the most levels of getting heavy metals out, getting fluoride out, and the highest level of alkalinity of the water. I tested LA water. Everyone's water is different. You can test it yourself. That was my experience. We have horrible water. We do have the worst water. Um, I don't know if different water reacts differently with different filters. It's not my area of expertise, but I love the Santiva, man. Yeah, the water thing is is huge. Like you could spend a whole entire podcast talking about water because it's you know we we just we recently should. probably like <laughs> yeah. we haven't we haven't talked about water. How we did should. we not talked about water? <laughs> we, I don't know. We, it's just I the like, most basic human need. Maybe because we're always drinking wine. Yeah, we don't want to talk about water. We're drinking <laughs> wine. We we feel guilty. <laughs> Have some water. I got the Berkey like a a year ago, and um, the water that comes out of that, it's like you're drinking like water from heaven from I, a I glacier. Know, like, <laughs> so good it's so good it's just smooth you know sometimes water and you drink it it's kind of you sometimes it'll be drying in your throat this is just you just feel it being super hydrating because it doesn't have any of that junk in it yeah i'm gonna look into that i myself have a kangen system yeah um 
which I got years ago. Yep, I have it too. Which is a Japanese alkaline filtration and ionization system that sits on my countertop. I love it. It is very costly, but I love it. I got into it because a friend of mine had one and told me about it. And I said, I don't care. I've heard about alkaline water. I just don't care. I was at a point where I think I was taking too many supplements and worrying about my health too much. And I just didn't want another thing. And she said, okay, but drink this for three days and see how you feel. Mm -hmm. And I did. And I didn't want it to work because it was too expensive for me at the time. But I loved it. So yes, I, I definitely agree. You have to find one that works for you. And then and it does affect the taste when you take all that junk out. Okay, so I had one too for years. And in the most recent move, we basically broke it. So it's like sitting in a closet not being used right now, which is super unfortunate. Because um, I could either get it fixed or figure something out, but I haven't. When I first hooked it up in Santa Monica, that was the year I swear I was the healthiest of my life. And I always think back, what was I doing differently? Okay, um. I was running more because I lived at the beach. That's number one. But number two is I was drinking the hell out of the Kangen water every day, all day. I would take it with me everywhere. So now I'm like, maybe I need to get back on the Kangen. You should. You should fix it. But yeah, water is important. Don't drink your tap water. That is the moral of the story. And how much is the Berkey? Like 200 300 Yeah, yeah like kind of in there, $300. Then, then, then there's the filtration. So I think maybe like four or five by the time you get all the filters and stuff. But the thing, I think it's like 10,000 gallons. Like it lasts forever. Yeah, that's great. So tell us about your books. Yeah, so I so I have Fabulously Fertile. That one's on Amazon as a as a. I have a hard copy as well as an ebook. What else we have? The, so we have the Fabulously Fertile um, e cookbook. So that's got over sixty five chef prepared recipes. Fabulously Fertile Fertility Preparation Program. That's the one where we have the the top allergens. So we have the, the six top allergens. We take those out for ten days, and then there's a whole meal plan with that. I've got some other programs too. There's a I have a mindfulness fertility series and an online. Um, fertility yoga support program that I have as well. So what's fertility yoga? Are they just specific poses that boost fertility? Yeah, so it's really, it's more, so yin or hatha, restorative, so very slow moving poses. A lot of us are used to the, you know, the hot, the Bikram, the vinyasas, you know, Mm -hmm. the the flowing kind of things. And Mm -hmm. these are, so even if there's a person that's been doing yoga for a long period of time, this is just a lot slower. And even that part can be like, what? This is like too basic. Are you crazy? I can't, I can't even do this. Mm-hmm. But that's why you need to do it <laughs> to really slow the body down. And yeah, they're good for the reproductive system, opening the hips, the pelvis and pelvic floor. And yeah, we have a whole three-month program on that. So yeah, it's quite a journey. Fabulous, as you would say. Fabulous <laughs> fertility. <laughs> and what's the three-day fertility diet challenge? Yeah, so the three-day fertility diet challenge. So it's got those uh, chef-prepared recipes, and it really, um, yeah, in three days, you kind of get a taste of what it's like to prepare your body for a baby. And it's they're all free of the top inflammatory foods, but the recipes taste awesome, and they're easy to make. There's smoothies, there's salads, there's soups and some entrees. So it's starting to kind of dip your toe in the water so you can taste this kind of thing out literally and see how you feel. And I saw this on your website. Do you know which essential oils to use for fertility? And Susie loves essential oils and teaches me about them all the time. Mm -hmm. So for this essential oil fans, who are, excuse me, what are some of the essential oils that can help boost fertility and why? 
Yeah, so there's a combination that you can put on your abdomen. So I interviewed a a midwife who specializes in essential oils. So she'd recommended a combination. So it's geranium, fennel, rose, and lavender. And then you just rub that on your abdomen daily. And that helps with each one has different benefits, like uterine tonics. And some of them you need to be careful. Usually you want to do these sort of things in the first first half of your cycle. Mm, Um, Okay. But yeah, so there's ones for your abdomen. And then there's also just from a stress anxiety standpoint, you know, having lavender before you go to bed or I like a lang a lang and like I use them all the time for in my diffuser before I go to bed. It's just part of my sleep ritual. Me too. I, yeah, it makes me feel good. Me too. I, I love that. That's like my favorite thing is um, finding new oils to put in um, the diffuser at night. Mm-hmm. All right, so tell everyone where they can find you online, stalk you on Twitter, look at you on Instagram, all that good stuff. Great, yeah. So you can find me online at uh, fabfertile, so fabfertile.com, and you can get the free fertility diet challenge in there. I also have a guided fertility visualization uh, recording, so I work with a professional therapist, and she's a certified hypnotherapist as well as a a Reiki practitioner. So she's recorded this 12-minute fertility garden, uh, so you can listen to that. I have a Fab Fertile support group on Facebook, so you can ask to join the Fab Fertile support group, and we do uh, monthly challenges and a lot of Facebook Live and stuff going on there. I love Facebook groups. Yeah, it's a really cool community, and it's also because infertility, like a lot of people don't share with their close family members or friends that they're going through this, so it's just a community of like-minded, and it's all women, of like-minded people going through fertility, looking at natural solutions for fertility. And then Twitter, it's Fab Fertile, as well as Instagram is Fab Fertile. So I post lots of, on Instagram, I post more food, kind of my, I get excited probably like you guys about what you're, what I'm eating and I take pictures of it. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Just kidding. I went to my friend's birthday, gluten-free with Emily and everyone there was like a food blogger of some sort. And so the food came and it took us 20 minutes to eat because everyone was taking pictures of every everyone's food and putting them in different like arrangements for their own photo and then there was like 30 pictures on Instagram of everyone's food it was hilarious yeah. but that's how we roll that's right all right can you leave us with a tweetable uh your body will whisper to you every day and when you ignore it it'll start shouting at you to listen to your intuition and listen to what your body's saying that wasn't a very succinct tweetable <laughs> take what you want of her quote put it on twitter tweet it to us tweet it to her Use the hashtag Food Heals Nation. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being here. Thanks for having me. It was awesome. For all the show notes from today's show, go to foodhealsnation.com. Also at foodhealsnation.com, you'll find all our discount codes. Hey, Allie, are you social? I'm social. Let's talk on social. Okay. Make sure to join our Food Heals Nation Facebook group at foodhealsgroup.com, where you can connect with other Food Heals listeners ask questions, add value. And of course, we've got Tribe Building Tuesday to help you build your business and your personal relationships. And we've got Self Promotion Saturday where you can post your links to your business, your blog, your recipes, your healing story, anything you want. And of course, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash foodhealsnation. And we're on Twitter and Instagram at foodhealsnation. And you can follow my personal adventures at Allison Melody TV. For all the show notes, go to foodhealsnation.com. See you next time, Food Heals Nation. 
These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put in their Lululemons and take a yoga class while drinking a green juice. If you experience any of these symptoms, text your priest immediately.